0: Thanks for tuning in to The Archive, brought to you by the Mail Tribune. I'm Melissa Corman, and I'll be sharing the news with you from 100 years ago in this splendid city of Medford and Jackson County at large in 1918. (music) This week, I've got some interesting news pertaining to Sheriff Jennings. A bill is in the work to add 100,000 acres to our national forest lands, and It seems that our boys may just be in the thick of it now. So let's say we delve on into these stories, plus a few more, okay? After eight years of continuous service as Chief of Police of Medford, J.T. Hitson has resigned to enter the automobile business. He handed in his resignation to take effect immediately to Mayor Gates this morning. Mr. Hitson has purchased an interest in the Roy Pruitt Auto Agency and will give his time and attention to that concern from now on. Knight Policeman George Timothy, who during the past year has several times served as Acting Chief of Police, will probably be appointed Chief at the next council meeting. So be sure to tune in next week to hear the council's decision. Taking advantage of the lull between grass fires and the usual demand for the fire department's services, the firemen have forsaken the hose and water for bonhomie cleanser and a cloth. And having made a round in the fire hall, the result is illuminous. Every discernible piece of brass and pickleware, every painted piece of wood that has become tarnished, have undergone the zeal of the firefighters for neater equipment. Numerous comments on the present, sightly appearance of the fire equipment have been heard. Then, the fire department members, after having given the fire apparatus an extra cleaning and polishing, as well as the firemen's quarters both up and downstairs, were still so full of pep that they actually went to work and cleaned out the city prison so thoroughly that any self-respecting bum will now enter it without protest. Yesterday, I received word that our representative is working on putting forth a bill, seeking to include 100,000 acres in our national forest land. In introducing a bill for adding about 100,000 acres of land in southern Jackson County to the national forests, Representative Hawley says he reserves final judgment until he learns more fully the desires of the people in that section. He introduced it at the request of cattlemen who say it is necessary to protect their grazing lands from invading herds of sheep from California. It appears that because of the shortage of range in the San Joaquin Valley, about 10,000 sheep were brought north this season and turned to graze in the charge of Basque herders just over the Oregon side of the line. They are said to be cleaning out the feeding grounds depended upon by the resident cattlemen. Of about 100,000 acres said to be affected, about one-third are reported to unentered Oregon and California grant lands, with perhaps an equal division of the remainder between public lands and those owned by cattlemen. The stockmen see no means of protecting themselves except by having the lands go into the forest reserves. Mr. Hawley wants to be fully assured that local sentiment supports this solution before he goes further with his bill. He has more than once championed the cause of those who have protested that too much land has been placed in the reserves and has conceded that the timber on the lands involved is not of much importance. He has been told, however, that Jackson County people approve the idea and that the taxation of cattle run in the reserve will surpass the sums derived from any possible prospective settlement. The war cleanup sale at the C.E. Gates Auto Company commenced Friday, and the entire force has been on the jump all the time, waiting on the customers. The company carries one of the largest stocks of auto supplies in the state, purchased in large quantities, and are able to make specially low prices. They attribute a good share of their success to their liberal use of printer's ink. Moving pictures are a grand display, aren't they? And nowadays, they're being used for more than just our entertainment. In a news release just received here on August 5th from Washington, Secretary Baker explains the use of movies to help win the war. The story of the government policy and activities in pictorializing the war, not only for record and information but for morale at home and for combating the German lie in other countries of the world, is told in a report which Secretary Baker has laid before Congress. It is in reply to a resolution of inquiry regarding motion and still pictures of the American Expeditionary Force and of the military preparations at home, and it shows a comprehensive system of picture activity safeguarded by a permit system devised by the Committee on Public Information and approved by the War Department. The pictures are taken by the Signal Corps units and are shown in thousands of motion picture houses under contracts on a commercial basis to help pay the committee's expenses in motion picture propaganda. The funds received from these sources, which are put in the Treasury to the committee's credit, says the report, do not represent profit in any sense. Every cent goes to manufacture and distribution of the enormous amount of film the committee is compelled to distribute without return in foreign countries as part of the United States Educational Campaign. All feature and war reviews will be supplied free of charge to cantonments in the United States and to the picture shows on the firing line in France. The returns are to defray the heavy expense of the free distribution demanded by the necessities of our morale at home and even larger necessities of combating the German lie in other countries of the world. Speaking of the war, I should let you know that we have a recruiting office again here in Medford. The Marine Corps recruiting office is now permanently established in room number one of the Palm Block, formerly used as the recruiting headquarters of the Navy and later by the Marines, with Sergeant J.J. Hill in charge, where all men of military age are invited to call and obtain information as to enlistment. The Marine Corps now enlists men between the ages of 18 and 40. Young men under 21 years of age can now be enlisted without the written consent of their parents. The maximum age limit has just been increased from 36 to 40 years. Now that the maximum draft age has been raised, many men are itching to have their go at the Kaiser. And perhaps none is more eager to do his patriotic duty than our very own sheriff. You see, the big news around town is that Sheriff Jennings is soon to enter officer training camp. Sheriff Ralph Jennings will soon resign his office to enter upon military service. He returned this morning from Corvallis, where he went to take the examination for entrance into an officer's training camp At the conclusion of which, adjutant H. P. McLean, the United States Army officer stationed at the OAC, to pass upon the physical, mental, and general ability of applicants for officers' commissions passed him with an exceptionally high rating for entrance to the Infantry Officers' Training School at Camp Pike, Arkansas. Sheriff Jennings announced today that he will be called to enter the school sometime between now and September 1st, and that until then he would not resign his office as sheriff. The county court will then appoint a man to fill out his term, which expires next January. It is also probable that Mr. Jennings will not resign from the Democratic ticket as a candidate for re-election until he receives his call nor from his membership on the County Draft Board until then. The Democratic County Central Committee will name a man to take Jennings' place on the ticket, and Governor Withycombe will name his successor on the draft board. Sheriff Jennings, who is 37 years old, has for a long time had the idea in mind of going to war. He says that his desire to serve his country at the front increased strongly after seeing each group of soldiers or drafted men depart from Medford until he could no longer resist the patriotic lure. While the family plans have not been completed yet for the future, it is probable that Mrs. Jennings and their two sons, Paul and Louis, aged 17 and 15, will operate the Jennings Ranch in the Applegate District while he is at war. Let us not forget our boys who are already over there. Many of our patriotic citizens have finally received letters from their Sammies, and it looks as though our Medford boys may now be in the thick of the fight. Relatives of Jackson County boys in the 65th artillery are watching the war news from the front with much eagerness these days, as there is a strong possibility that the 65th is engaged in the great battles. A number of letters received in the city in the past two or three weeks said that the 65th was all ready for duty in the front line and about to be sent there. Today, another mail from France arrived in the city bringing more letters, indicating that the boys have been, and probably are, still in the fighting. Mayor and Mrs. Gates received a letter from Sergeant George Gates, written June 28th, this morning, in which he made the simple statement, We've been at the front for a while. The letter was unusually mutilated by the censor, who cut away chunks and one half pages of it. George wrote that two of his Medford comrades while out on the march collapsed from heat attacks. Sergeant Ben Plymale wrote on June 20th to Samuel T. Richardham in a letter to the latter received over two weeks ago that the 65th was all ready to go to the trenches, having been issued their steel helmets, gas masks, and other equipment. He stated that he and four other sergeants had just returned from attending a special school in higher mathematics. It is probable that the Jackson County boys of the 65th have been manipulating guns against the Huns in recent battles. Sergeant Plymale and Sergeant Carl Ringer of Eagle Point are the only Jackson County boys in Company C of the 65th. I feel the need to remind all my listeners to stay the course and be vigilant about our new sugar rations, which I told you about last week. The Food Administration is not playing around, and consequences for not following the new rules can be severe. County Food Administrator Folger warns the public not to hoard sugar. He is watching closely for violators of the food rules. This past Tuesday, he caused the arrest of an Ashland citizen on the charge of hoarding sugar, who will be fined from $10 to $50. He has summoned three persons before him for investigation from the northern end of the county on sugar hoarding charges. Stick to those new rules, my friends. No more than two pounds per person per month is allowed, unless you obtain a special permit from the Food Administration. Keeping to the proper ration amount is your patriotic duty. All right then, folks, that's all I've got for you this week. Thanks for listening. Remember, these news stories have been brought to you by the Mail Tribune a weekly series featuring news items that were drawn from the archives of the Mail Tribune from 100 years ago. You can find more stories like this in the Mail Tribune 100 column in the newspaper or online at mailtribune.com. We also have a whole slew of other podcasts on a wide variety of topics. Believe you me, you'll sure wanna check them out. And also, be sure to follow us. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, Twitter, and YouTube. If you like this podcast or have something you'd like to share with me, let me know in the comments or on Facebook. I would love to hear from you. Have a swell day and check back next week for more stories from the Archive.